Welcome everyone to Torah Today Ministries and our continuing series, Parsha Seasonings, where we bring out some hidden details from the Torah scroll and from the Hebrew of the weekly Torah portion. And this week's Torah portion is Vayelik, which has to be the shortest one in the cycle. It's only one chapter, chapter 31. It's normally combined uh, most years with the previous Torah portion, Nitzavim, but this is one of those leap years where we each, uh, we have, we separate into two different weeks, which I'm kind of glad of because we get to spend a little more time digging in and, and giving the portion the more the attention it deserves. So anyways, let's just dive right in. Um, Deuteronomy 31, if we look at verse 2, Moses said to them, I am 120 years old today. Now, I don't know if that means that was his birthday that very day or if he's just simply saying, I'm 120 years old today. Um, but regardless, I find this a very interesting number because it's revealed in the Torah and also in the apostolic scriptures that Moses' life is divided into three 40-year periods. Now, let me mention something with the number 40. Uh, you find a lot of 40s in scripture from the, the rain for 40 days and 40 nights during Noah's stay on the ark uh, the 40 years in the wilderness, Yeshua's 40 days in the wilderness being being tested when he's fasting. And uh, we can go on and on and on with 40s. What's the deal with 40? Whenever you see the number 40, it's always a transition from one level of life to a new level of life. And it's usually a painful transition. And um, maybe that's why they say life begins at 40, because the first 40 years, there's so many changes you go through. And but when you reach 40, it's like, okay, I've kind of transitioned to the person I'm going to be. I kind of settle in, relax, and begin to, to live life with a little more stability. At least, I think that's the way it should be. But uh, anyways, in Noah's life, Moses' life, we see these three 40-year uh, sections. And each one was a transition from one level to another level. The first 40 years of his life, he was a prince in Egypt. But when he's 40 years old, he tried his first stab at the delivery business. And he, um, I should say the deliverance business. He wasn't a, he didn't work for Pizza Hut. Um, he, but the deliverance business, he, he killed an Egyptian to, uh, to rescue one of his uh, Jewish brothers. That did not work out so well. And so he fled into the wilderness and he spent 40 years there as a shepherd. And when he's 80 years old, God appears to him in the burning bush. And then he spends the last 40 years of his life as God's servant. Now, here's what I find so fascinating about that. The first 40 years of Moses' life is covered in Exodus chapter 2, verses 5 to 15. So 11 verses. 40 years covered in 11 short verses. And then... He spends 40 years in the wilderness as a shepherd. That is covered in Exodus 2, verses 16 to 25. And so it's about, what, if my math is right, about nine verses, 10 verses. And then at the age of 80, he begins his third phase, which is as God's servant. That covers 135 chapters of Scripture. 
So those first 80 years, you know, and Moses probably thought, well, I'm about done. You know, I've done everything I'm going to do. And God is just getting started with him. And when he began to serve as God's man and answer God's calling and devote his life to doing God's work, that is when God's, it's almost as if God says, okay, angels, pay attention, write this down. And then we have detail after detail after detail. Those first 80 years passed in a handful of verses, two handfuls of verses. And then the last 40 years, 135 chapters. That's amazing to me. And I find that encouraging. No matter how old you are or how much time you think you may have wasted in your life, when you begin to serve God, you give your life fully to Him, that's when things really begin to happen. I remember as a teenager when I first began to study the Scriptures, uh, I I began by really digging down the book of Exodus and it became my, my favorite book. And while I was reading the book of Exodus, a commentator said that for the first 40 years of his life, Moses learned he was a somebody. The next 40 years of his life, he learned he was a nobody. And in the last 40 years, he learned what God could do with a nobody. And that's always stuck with me and I found it to be true. So let's go on. Now, in the next verse, it says, And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. Now, the word that means the bush is hasne, hasne in Hebrew, four letters, and has a numerical value of 120. Because it's in this verse, when Moses is 80 years old, that his whole life changes. He encounters God, the burning bush. And, um, and that is what really began and triggered this whole new phase of his life. And it's through Moses that God gives us the five books of the Torah. And what I find interesting is if you take the numbers from one to five and you multiply one times two times three times four times five, it equals 120. So this number 120 is something kind of earmarks uh, Moses' life. And, uh, and I just love the mathematical precision of everything God does in the universe and also in his Torah. Um, this is one of the things that emphasizes to me and proves to me that this is a, an extraterrestrial book. It is a supernatural book. It is not the product of a man's mind. It's a product of the man, the mind of God, though it's given through the hand of men. So, what a God we have. Now, as we go on here to Deuteronomy 31.3, it says, Adonai your God himself will go over before you. He will destroy these nations before you so that you shall dispossess them. And Josh will go over at your head as Adonai has spoken. Now, the reason I bring this up is it talks about how God will go over ahead of you. Joshua will be leading you. And it says, as Adonai has spoken. Now, in Hebrew, we find this verse bracketed with the name of Adonai. It's the first word of the verse, and it's also the last word of the verse. As if he's going on ahead, he's always also coming up behind. And inside here we find Yahashua or Yeshua. Joshua is the same name. 
And then in verses 6 and in 7 and in 23, we hear God saying the same thing over again three times. And through Moses, he says to the people, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is Adonai your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Then verse 7, the Moses summoned Joshua, said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with his people into the land that Adonai has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. Then verse 23, and Adonai commissioned to Joshua the son of Nun and said, This time God is speaking directly to Joshua. Be strong and courageous, for you shall bring the people of Israel into the land that I swore to give them. I will be with you. And then Deuteronomy is almost over, and then next comes the book of Joshua. And in chapter 1 of Joshua, we find this phrase, Be strong and courageous, four times. It's in verse 6, 7, 9, and 18. So seven times here in just a, a few short chapters, we find this very emphatic statement, be strong and courageous. Two things that I find greatly lacking in much of today's redeemed community. I see such a lack of courage and the lack of courage is a sin. To be fearful is a sin. We're commanded not to be afraid but to be strong and courageous. Well, what's the difference between strength and courage? I think you can have one without the other, but we're to have both of them. And if they were the same thing, I don't think we would have two different words being used here seven times to encourage us to be strong and courageous. So what do these things mean? Well, what you might find fascinating is that these words Chazak, which is the word for strength, to be strong, and Amatz, to be courageous. These are the two words used in all seven of these verses. These are words that earmark two of Israel's greatest foes up to this point in their history. That first foe was Pharaoh. And we're told in Exodus 8:19 that Pharaoh's heart was Chazak. It's the same word as strong. When it says, says hardened, he strengthened his heart to resist God and to not let the people go. And one of the other great villains we find in the Torah is Sihon. Sihon. Remember Sihon and Og? Near the end of their 40 years, Israel is coming up close to the Jordan, ready to cross, but there's a barrier there. This barrier is called Sihon and Og. And, um, and if you've heard my teachings on this before, you know that Sihon and Og represent human reasoning and addiction to comfort. And these are the barriers to entering into the fruitful life, crossing the Jordan, coming into the victorious life. And it says of Sihon that Adonai made his heart obstinate. That's the word amat. It's the same word. So we find this be strong and be courageous, we find these words earmarking the lives of two of Israel's biggest foes, Pharaoh and Sihon. Now, we have to understand something. Strength can be used in a positive way in service of God. It can also be used to resist God, as with Pharaoh. And courage can be used in God's service 
I, can't, I don't know how you can serve him without it. But it can also be something used by the enemy. I've seen people resist God with great courage. I think of those, those Egyptians who followed Israel right on down into the Red Sea with the water on both sides. That took some guts. It cost them their lives. But these, you can call these men a lot of things, but you can't call them cowards. But Pharaoh used his strength to what? To hold the people in and not let them go. Of course, God broke that and the people were not just released. They were driven out by the Egyptians. And Sihon used his courage to resist the people and not let them go into the land. But of course, they had victory and Sihon was killed and in they went. So, what we are to do is to use our strength to leave and leave, use our courage to enter. Because there are two things we need to go from slavery to fruitfulness and freedom and victory. We have to have the strength to leave Egypt. What is the thing that's a stronghold for you? What part of your life is still in slavery in Egypt? You need strength. And God will give you that strength to leave. But leaving Egypt isn't enough. You also have to have courage to go in. And you know, when the Israelites came up to the Jordan River the first time, they sent the spies in and 10 of them came back with an evil report. And what happened? The, the people lost their courage. They didn't have the courage to go in. And so their entrance was delayed 40 years because of their the sin of cowardice. These are two very important concepts to us. Pharaoh was like a jailer keeping the people in. He was strong to keep the men. God was stronger to let the people leave. Sihon used his courage to resist these people who he knew had been delivered miraculously from Egypt. But the, the courage of the people was greater and they defeated Sihon so they could go in. Leaving and entering. Those are two things I find myself doing over and over in my life. Taking that area in my soul that God puts his finger on, exercising the strength to leave that stronghold, and then exercising the courage to enter in the place it should be instead. And I challenge you, to be strong and courageous, strong to leave the stronghold and courageous to enter, to leave behind the, the comfort, the security of what's familiar, the courage to enter into the unknown that God is leading you into. You may not know what's over the Jordan. You may not know what's right ahead for you, but God does. And if he's leading you there, be courageous. You can follow him. You can trust him. And this is where faith is really required. So, I hope that this encourages you to, to just live a, a life more devoted to God than ever. So, until next time, I wish you shalom and may God bless. Until next time.